Hello, everyone. Welcome to season three, episode three of Gen Three. We have a triple three episode, our lucky number today. And with us is Brendan from Journey. Hi, Brendan. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. So, Brendan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about, about Journey um, and how you started with Journey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, excited to be here. Um, so, I'm Brendan. I'm from New York. And uh, that's actually where I am today. Uh, started Journey a little over a year and a half ago. Uh, we're building this new medium for storytelling. Uh, it's a, a tool used by salespeople and founders and customer success folks uh, to do business in a more efficient way with people outside of their company. Um, I'll go into more details later. But my background is in startups mostly. Uh, prior to joining, um, or prior to starting Journey, rather, uh, I led the um, ads and data business at Quora, which is a, a large Q&A platform. Uh, and then prior to that, um, led business and corporate development at an ad tech startup called AdRoll. And then like a million years ago, was at um, Meta, the artist formerly known as Facebook. Um, so worked at... Um, it, you know, startups for kind of my whole career. Um, and, uh, yeah, from New York, uh, but lived kind of all over SF, Austin, Tokyo. Um, so now I'm back home in New York. So how did you get started from journey? You worked at tech startups that are a little bit, you know, more conglomerate. What made you want to go through that startup journey of, you know, hustling from the ground up, trying to build it? What really was it about journey that made you think, okay, I'm going to risk it here. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, a lot of those companies I joined kind of when it wasn't um, that big, like uh, I joined maybe in, you know, at like a series A stage for a lot of these companies. So it was still still pretty small. But um, but essentially, we had this um, in my roles at all these companies, I would have a lot of people uh, selling to me. Uh, and I would have a lot of obviously doing my own selling as well. And I just felt like the um, the, the whole process of sales felt a bit broken to me. Lots of stuff kind of shared over endless emails, especially with lots of people on them back and forth. And it just felt extremely inefficient, uh, led to like lots of live meetings, talking through things. Um, and I think, you know, once pandemic hit and the world was remote, we started doing things way more asynchronously. At least I felt it picked up in a big way. And I uh, wanted to solve the problem of like helping people do sales asynchronously. Um, so we came up with a prototype for Journey. I was still at Quora at the time. So I actually tested out the prototype with, uh, with the team. Uh, it was very janky. It didn't really work that well. But, but the people on the other side really liked the experience. And it saved them time because they didn't have to necessarily always hop on calls. They could review a journey is essentially like a, a very personalized mm -hmm. website for a prospect or an investor or whatever the use case is, but, um, they just like the experience things got done faster. And so, um, we decided uh, to go all in on it. My, my two co-founders I met at AdRoll, So we had worked together. That's nice. half the battle. Okay. Like, yeah, just finding uh, good people to start a company mm -hmm. with. Cause it's, it's kind of an insane thing to do. Uh, so if you have good people, um, I think that's, that's half the battle. If so, how, how big of the team is right now? Uh, I think we're like 11 people, 
full-time. Okay, 11 full-time. And how big was the team when you first joined? Was it just the three of you? Yes, I was actually the third one to like fully commit. Um, we incorporated the company in Q4 of 2020, and I joined in uh, Q1 2021. Oh, wow. So, so what was that? So it's been two years, almost two years now. What was that journey, What the startup journey in two years? What did that look like? Yeah, I mean, um, we. it was an interesting time to be starting a company because the markets were um, crazy in a good way, mm-hmm. not crazy like right now. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think we uh, we were blessed to be able to um, pitch a big vision uh, and a big idea um, and kind of swing for the fences from a fundraising standpoint. So we were able to raise funding. We were able to get into an accelerator. So I think those things really like helped us take off. We really didn't have much from a product standpoint at mm-hmm. that time. It was very, very Did you, solid. you got into Y Combinator, was it? I saw on your yes. profile, it was, that's, that's incredible. So how, uh, we'll talk about the Y Combinator process later. So let's, let's stick with the journey first. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the, mm-hmm. um, in the beginning, it was really uh, just three people with an idea mm-hmm. and a vision. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I think capital is helpful to help you kind of realize some of that vision and hire more people and build, build the team, build the product, get customers and start to um, start to get on the uh, track to finding product market fit. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, that was kind of, like through the middle of 2021, as we were just building product and talking to people, um, then we started to, you know, get our first, you know, first users in the summer, I would say of 2021. Um, and, you know, I think building a company is just a series of de-risking uh, exercises. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you want to de-risk that you can find people that want to work with you and start a company. Then you want to de-risk that you have an idea that people want to invest in. Then you want to de-risk that you have something that people will use. And then you Mm -hmm. want to de-risk that you can hire people to join you on this crazy journey. And then de-risk that you can uh, get people to pay for what you're doing. And then there's goes on and on and on. But um, I think that, uh, yeah, so we're, we're still on that journey. I would say, you know, Mm -hmm. we've, we we launched publicly two weeks ago. We did the product hunt product hunt thing. Congratulations uh, on that! You have you over know. a thousand upvotes there. That was yeah, awesome. Thank you, thank you. Um, so now we're out in the world, and uh, we need to you know we're, our goals are to ten x the usage and ten x the revenue and um, and do uh, you know just continue the, those de risking uh, mm-hmm. exercises. So how many how many users did you gain from the product hunt launch? Because that was a not all product hunt launches are successful, and this was a very big successful one. Um, so how many users did you gain from that campaign? Uh, I think I mean it was I think we like ten x the we sent we ten x website traffic on that day. We nine x uh, signups. Nice. It wasn't anything crazy. I think mm-hmm. it was like maybe in the I don't know low thousand or something. Uh, but uh, we're obviously focused on like, okay, what, what happens now with those users? Are they mm-hmm. active? Are they engaged? Are they, our North Star metrics are people that are creating journeys on a daily basis and then sharing them. Um, mm-hmm. And then we look at the viral loop in terms of our people uh, looking at the journeys, are they signing up when they see a journey? So things like that. 
Um, but, uh, but I would say it was successful. You want to, uh, I mean, I think it's a big, uh, our, our products used by a lot of builders, a lot of founders. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, getting some validation from that community was good. So I remember <clears throat> the first time I ever heard and used journey, it was probably a year and a half ago. It was mm-hmm. on a wait list. I think I was on an email chain with you specifically. And, um, I got off the wait list. I checked it out and the product was very scrappy. And I remember checking it last month and the product looks completely different. Like it, it just, it was, it did 180. So what was that product journey from when you first started with that very like scrappy MVP when you first got the funding at Y Combinator to like, how did you build or how did you use users uh, feedback to build, to build that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think one of our core values and it's stolen from a, from a company that we all used to work at, but is like customer delight. Like we, we have a lot of touch points where, you know, wherever that customer is living, they can give us feedback and we're going to incorporate that into mm-hmm. our, our internal databases, whether it's intercom or Slack, but in app uh, or email, like everything is flowing into one place. Um, so we're constantly getting, um, getting feedback from users and, you know, turning that into prioritize um, backlogs of things that we're sequencing mm-hmm. uh, and doing. Uh, I think the challenge for us is mainly like, we have a lot of different types of users in Journey. There are founders fundraising, there are salespeople selling, there are customer success onboarding, recruiters doing, um, you know, kind of engaging candidates. Mm-hmm. So that it's kind of like figuring out what you're, if you want to build a horizontal tool, what are you actually going to focus on though? And you're going to let people do whatever they want, but have a, have some sort of a focus. So we've, we've kind of taken the focus of like, we help people sell mainly. That's like our, our, um, uh, it's where the most, um, the most customer love and, and what, what we've gotten, uh, slightly known about is like helping, helping people close deals, whether it's fundraising or mm-hmm. it's in sales. So, we, so we does that mean hone in on those things? Does that mean you are competing with Vidyard and Docsend at the same time? Cause those are like fundraising and sales yeah. are, very two different things totally. and they all have big companies that almost took over those 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 fields so how yeah. do you how do you are you competing with those companies how do you go about competing yeah. what, what does that look like yeah for sure i think i mean on the uh so vidyard a lot of people use vidyard inside of journey i wouldn't say that i, I would say it's fairly complementary like you can okay. journeys journeys is a is a uh i, I view it more of a more of a website builder mm-hmm. where video, memo, document, slides, forms, Figma, like anything can go into a journey. So I think, um, yes, we, we, you can record videos in journey natively and that competes with Vidyard. But mm-hmm. if you're just sending a video, like you should probably just use, I'm a Loom user. So I, I would say use Loom, but, use like, Loom. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, Loom or Vidyard, I think if you're mm-hmm. just doing videos is, uh, you know that that's 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 what they're best at um mm-hmm. on the on the fundraising front um i mean docsend obviously is the uh i guess it's now dropbox but yeah. is is definitely our our biggest competitor on the fundraising side of of the house um i think the the main difference there is is similar in that docsend 90 i believe 98% of the content in a docsend is a pdf for yeah. us it's around like probably 30 to 40 percent we have a lot of different types of content inside of a journey so it's very difficult yeah, to integrate videos yeah. on on docsend yeah um would you consider yourself competing with notion is that a thought 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, we look up to companies like Notion. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I think that uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, we're, we're trying to build a just a new way of telling stories uh, mm-hmm. in a B2B context. And I think a lot of a lot of people use Notion for their fundraising memo or a lot yep. of people use Notion for their sales deck maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's being used in that capacity. It's obviously such a horizontal tool. There's a million use cases. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, over time, I think we'll, we'll we, we would love to be more and more in that conversation for sure. But, mm-hmm. but the, the, uh, the interesting thing again is like, a lot of people use their notions inside of journey. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not like, but you can also create a memo inside of journey. It's kind of like we're agnostic to what tools you like to use and we make them work in journey, but we're going to have native tools for you to build your story with. And so is the goal or the long-term goal is to make this hyper customized way of building of storytelling like to be able to do it the way almost the way notion does it but more so on the storytelling journey yeah i think it's more focused on uh like the b2b sales context uh Mm -hmm. in terms of like um working with a company outside of your own i think a lot of Mm -hmm. i don't have data on this but i think like we use notion internally it's our internal way for everything i think that's Mm -hmm. the primary use case for notion um but i think that um there's just a lot of nuances with when working with sales teams and their workflow and and the tools that they use um which are mainly we we never we never really hear of sales teams using notion very much um Mm -hmm. so i think that um you know we want to lean in on you know building a way for people to stand out in their sales process and really equip whomever it is on the other side of the table with a medium that makes them, it's easily consumable that they can share easily and it helps them just move, get to get decisions, whether it's yes or no faster. Um, I think we're, we're honing in on like storytelling as a, as this new medium and potentially a new category. There's a, there's a bunch of interesting startups that have popped up as well in this category. Um, but uh, in a, in a B2B sales context, um, because uh, that, that's kind of where we, we see the most uh, usage for Journey mm-hmm. today. Um, would you be able to disclose who your biggest B2B client is? I mean, um, our we, we sell to mainly Series B, Series C uh, startup sales teams. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are companies up to 15 salespeople, up to 20 salespeople. Uh, I, I actually don't know who our, who our biggest is. Our, our, our deal sizes are, are, um, are pretty small. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then is there, is there like, what is, what is success for journey in terms of getting, you know, in terms of the sales journey, at least for you folks, what is success? How do you measure that? When would you wake up and be like, we did it. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I mean, I think uh, when will I wake up and say that we did it? I feel like it's like the uh, I don't know the Y the YC term is like you made something that people want, which means you go IPO. So that would be in like <laughs> I don't know ten years. Um, mm-hmm. That's like I guess that's that's the ultimate. Is goal that the goal? IPO or exit? 
I mean, I think like, you know, good, good companies are, are um, usually bought, not sold. So I think like the, the goal is obviously to stay independent, like as long and build a big company that uh, people love. But we're, you know, we're early in the journey of, of journey, I would say we're very focused on, you know, product, uh, the NPS of the product, uh, how often people are using it every day, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Um, I think success is that we can just continue to work on this um, for a very long period of time uh, with people that we love. Uh, so I think we've we're, we've been at it for a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna we're running into a recession. It's going to be very hard for a lot of companies uh, out there. Yeah. And, you know, our goal is to you know survive and thrive and you know get to the next phase. And so, with you're a very unique situation where you're kind of B two B to C because there are you know individual people using journey and then there are totally. b2b teams using journey yeah. what well first of all what are important metrics that you guys track what is the difference between b2b and b2c metrics that you look at is there a difference to begin with what what is that metric for you folks that you look at every day or every week yeah i mean i think the um you know we it, it's a unique challenge for us because we have individual users who will start using it and share it with their teams. And you mm-hmm. know, if they all love it, that becomes a very a much quicker sales process. But I think in this, um, in this condition, in these conditions, you got to do both. You got to do bottoms up and top down from a, from a sales and growth perspective. So we do both. Um, I think we, um, some of the, some of our North star metrics are, um, uh, a lot around product usage, like, uh, the number of journeys that are shared on a weekly, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that get views in our mind. Like if a, we want to help people achieve some sort of an outcome, if it's a founder that is fundraising, if it's a salesperson that's selling, if it's a customer success person onboarding, whoever it may be usually like t- to get to that point, people have to consume their media and spend mm-hmm. time in it uh, and make decisions from that. So we look at you know how many how many journeys are being created on a, a daily, weekly, monthly basis. How many of them are getting views? Uh, so like how many of them are actually like active and working? Um, we also look at things like um, is the is this product truly uh, viral? Like gener- mm-hmm. uh, journey has this inherent viral loop because you have to share it for it to work. Uh, yeah. And you know if the product is amazing and it's a great experience person on the receiving side should probably sign up or should probably send it to their sales team and be like, Hey, we should use this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely look at things like, are we getting signups from our customers sharing the product? Like how many, what percentage of our signups are coming from referrals? Um, do we have some, some virality and some, some sort of a loop going? Have uh, you seen like the beginning, at least the beginning of virality or the beginning of a network effect? Yeah, for sure. Like we're our, all of our, I would say our, our usage to this point is mainly, mainly grown through that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, there's kind of, you have to live and die by the product. The product's got to be really good yep. for that to happen. So I think we're seeing mm-hmm. early glimmers of it. Uh, I wouldn't say we're like loom yet, but like that's, that's the dream. Um, mm-hmm. I think the um, other things obviously we look at are, you know, our, MRR and our ARR and our churn. Uh, but that's like, I think every B2B SaaS company looks at that stuff. Um, we, uh, 
we track a lot of product usage metrics, uh, you know, in terms of like when people get into the app, what are they doing? When are they finding value? How long is it taking? Are they inviting mm-hmm. their peers? You know, and then we trigger a lot of workflows around that stuff. Um, what is, how do you guys make money? So a regular uh, a, SaaS? Yeah, it's a freemium model. So that today you, okay. you can get five journeys for free. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's uh, monthly and annual subscriptions for all the, the bells and whistles. Do you mind me asking how much in MRR you guys do? Is that a number you can disclose? Yeah, uh, it's 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 uh, it will come out probably this week. But uh, okay, yeah, I'll leave it for that. Gotcha. Um, and I just heard you're you just closed around that you're going to be announcing. Well, by the time this episode is done, you probably would have already announced it. So. Um, Tell me a little bit about your latest fundraising round. Yeah, for sure. We, uh, I mean, it's it's probably a late announcement for us. We mm-hmm. we did a fundraise, um, you know, in the middle of YC. Um, uh, Susa Ventures led our uh, pre-seed round, you call it, uh, and then um, we did a, you know, there's a bunch of other institutional investors in there, but we did. What I'm really proud of is we did. Uh, a fundraise off the back of that from our customers. We, nice. we got, we got about a hundred of our early users, customers to invest as little as a thousand dollars into the company. And that, um, that was really cool. Cause we, uh, we got people to have real, some skin in the game and, you know, be rooting for our upside. And these are mm-hmm. the people that are using the product, giving us feedback. And now they're shareholders in the company. So, um, I think that's pretty unique. Uh, and I'm uh, excited about that. And so what was the YC um, round? How much was that? Uh, all in all, it's a little over 4 million. A little, okay, over 4 that, That's what you call pre-seed? <laughs> Toronto pre-seed is completely different. <laughs> Toronto <laughs> pre-seed definition is very, very different. I think, um, it, uh, I think this is a 20, it's a 2021 Q1 pre-seed is what you call it. I, I think oh a pre-seed God. will be different today, but. Yeah, yeah, pre-seed is very different today. <laughs> my pre-seed for us is like 500 million is yeah. seed. That's when like you cross the 1 million mark, that's when you call it a seed. Man, but congratulations, 4 million um in what 2 years? That's that's, that's a very big deal. That's awesome. Um Thank you. what are you going to do with the 4 million? How do you decide what you're going to do with the 4? Cuz that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money that should last you hopefully for 2 years, I would say. Um so yeah, I, mean, I think we, yeah, for sure. It is, it's a good amount. Um, I think that the, I mean, mainly it's getting was like, we've, we've, uh, we're, we're announcing this late. Like we, we built a team mm-hmm. of 10 plus like 10, 11 people now. And, mm-hmm. um, that was mainly the goal. Like we haven't done, you know, we've just started to tinker around with true, kind of outbound sales and marketing um, starting to do growth. But uh, up until now, it's really just been people um, for the most part hiring, you know, and it's mm-hmm. mainly engineering design uh, for sure. How, how do you go about hiring talent right now? Talent is very scarce. Um, how did you find the people that you're looking for? How did you vet them? Was there any specific, anything specific that you were looking for when bringing on those people? Um, I think it's actually, uh, now is, is, so we, we, we were 
really in full full force hiring mode like last year um mm-hmm. say in the summer to late last year is when we were trying to trying to hire like crazy and and, and i would say it was really hard then because the markets were in a different spot we were competing for talent with huge tech companies that offered crazy mm-hmm. packages to engineers and designers um I think now it's 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 more of like startups actually should have a slightly easier time hiring now because um, it's it's definitely an employer's market now. It's, mm-hmm. It used to be an employee's market. Um, we actually so we're fully remote. Um, we embraced that pretty early on. We started the company peak pandemic, so that's opened up the talent pool to really like just global. We're you know we're in five different time zones right now, mm-hmm. so. We have, you know, design, head of design is in, is in South Africa, you know, engineers in Istanbul, engineers in, you know, in Mumbai. Um, and, uh, I think that's really opened up, uh, our ability to find the best people wherever they are and just, mm-hmm. you know, build, build the trust through the interview process that, um, that, uh, that we would like working with these people and, and trust them to be really asynchronous, mm-hmm. good at communication, good at documentation all the things you really need for remote to work. Um, and then the other stuff is really like, we're really looking for people who have, who, who understand what they're getting themselves into in terms of like, it's a very early stage startup. We're all figuring mm-hmm. everything out, you know. Uh, everything can tag overnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, we, we weren't necessarily looking for people coming from Google or Facebook or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of, that kind of uh, resume. So let's shift the conversation a little bit towards you as one of the founders um, and, you know, one of the executives at Journey. What does your day-to-day look like for an early startup founder? What does, you know, what time do you wake up? What time do you eat? What time do you go to sleep? Do you have a routine? Like, is there is there anything that you found that made you more successful um, with this journey that others should implement or try to at least think about? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, you you Ryan, you probably know this, like it's, it's like ebbs and flows, you know, one day mm-hmm. you think you're going to be a <laughs> billionaire the next day. You're like, maybe I'll go work at a big company in a little bit mm-hmm. because this thing. Uh, so I think uh, it's like really important to, to stay even keel as much as you can. And mm-hmm. I like to just make sure that I, the biggest, I guess, stress reliever for me is, is working out. Like I try to, I try to work out like four or five times a week. You know, I have this routine of um, there's a specific class that I like in the city that I go to super mm-hmm. early in the morning. Um, but like I may I, I treat it like a meeting, like you wouldn't miss a sales meeting uh, yeah. with a company like, you know, it, wh- whenever you do it, say it's in the middle of the day, end of the day, treat it like a meeting that you wouldn't miss. Um, and so that's that's what I've I've done um, or started to do over the past year. I think that's that's been better than than anything else from a um, keeping my cool perspective. So I would say find your find your stress reliever. Um, you know, hopefully it's a good one. Uh, but uh, I think we're, <laughs> I think working out is a uh, is one is is super underrated, and everyone should do something. Are you a wake up at five a.m. kind of founder? Uh, I mean, so so I have. Uh, uh, the days that I work out, I, I do a 6 a.m. class, but I wake mm-hmm. up at like 5.50 and roll out and like get to the <laughs> – barely like, get to it. Right, it's mm-hmm. right down my uh, mm-hmm. block. So 
Um, I'm, and then on days that I don't work out, I, I wake up later. I probably wake up at, at like uh, uh, six six thirty seven. So like somewhat early, but not one of those crazy, um, you know, Steve Jobs mm-hmm. kind of founders. Have you? Do you have time for anything else in your life? There, because there's this misconception. Once you're a founder, it's like being a parent. Nothing else in life matters. Do you have time for anything else? Do you go out on the weekends? Do you date? All of that. Do you have a social life? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say it's my social life has definitely dwindled since I've <laughs> I had I had a lot. It was a lot more, a lot uh, more active, a lot more, a lot more of an a lot more of an active social life when mm-hmm. I was uh, at other places, uh, just working. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I would say that uh, it's I, I do make it a point to um, to see friends in the city and hang out and do stuff on the weekends and try not to work on the weekends too much. I think Mm -hmm. I could do stuff here and there, but you kind of go crazy. Um, you got to enjoy, enjoy the ride uh, Mm -hmm. somewhat. So, um, I would say, uh, you know, I, I try to, um, I try to, to do social things like once or twice a week for sure. Um, whether that's dinners with friends or, you know, date night with, you know, my fiance or something like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, um, I empathize with, with others on the journey. Uh, no pun intended, but like the yeah. journey of being a founder. It's uh well, there's a lot of puns when your company's yeah. called journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that's, that's great. A lot of, I know my social life took a hit when I first started UCAST and then also with the podcast and I couldn't have time and very quickly I went crazy. Very, very, very quickly. It, it took me like a couple of months to realize it was just not sustainable at all. Um, what was the biggest, biggest, or the thing that surprised you the most about being a founder? Because you've essentially spent almost your entire career working um, at companies. So, what was what, what was that transition like, and what was the biggest shocker for you, being a founder? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think that um, it's probably two. Like the first one is just everything everything takes longer and, uh, and costs more than Mm -hmm. you would ever imagine. Uh, so that that was one surprise for me, literally, whether it's, um, you know, building product, uh, hiring people, everything, every single thing takes, takes longer and costs more than you predict. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think I'm getting, getting slightly better at that. Um, uh, and then, um, secondly, I think that, um, Obviously, as a founder, you have to flex and do everything. Um, my roles at other companies were kind of where I where I I played I played uh, had my hands in lots of different things um, in in just uniquely with what I did at, at other companies. But mm-hmm. I still think you know I know I realized I knew way less about you know, marketing and growth than I thought I did. I know way less about sales and about EV everything than I thought I did. It's like every single day you're kind of like, man, I, what am I actually good at? Like, what, right? what am I actually good at? And I think it's just because you're doing, you're spread across all these things. It's impossible to like, mm-hmm. be, uh, be a plus at it. Um, but I think the name of the game with startups, at least the way we've done it, for most things is like done is done is better than perfect. So yeah, the more, you know, the more you realize, the less, you know, it's, it's, 
yeah, it's crazy absolutely. and terrifying. Yeah. And then I guess my last question before, or two more questions and then we'll close off. Um, what was that like personal feeling that you got or what was that? Now you're a founder. Now you have a net worth. You're not just working for a salary at a company. You actually have a position that could be exiting in a couple of years. What, what was that you know, feeling, how did that change again from working for like a nine to five to actually owning an asset, something that you can say has a net worth and something that you can say could be worth something one day? What was that feeling like? Um, is it, what is the journey worth it so far? Also no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny. Yeah, my, my co-founder uh, was asking me about this recently. Um, but, uh, I think the, so 100% yes, is def def definitely has been worth it thus far. Um, even though I, 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 I thought that we'd be uh, at a different phase mm -hmm. from, from, from where we are. Because we all do. It takes, takes longer. Uh, mm -hmm. But I would say there's just no, if you, it's, it's a blessing to be able to like, to, to build your own thing and work on it and, uh, and even get paid something to do it. Um, so I think if you have that opportunity, uh, especially with, it, you know, it only gets harder as you get older and, and um, you know, maybe have family and stuff like that. So um, I would say, you know, hundred uh, percent it's, it's been worth it. Um, the feeling is, is uh, I don't know if, if I have a, a specifically have a, um, a specific feeling about it. I've always, I've always felt like, um, it's uh it's important to to have uh like equity is way more important mm -hmm. than than anything else um mm -hmm. that's why i from a very very when i first started working in startups i would always ask for i would max out my equity at all the startups and i would like i would get paid less in cash mm -hmm. i would i would invest the little money i did have in startups because you have that chance of of, of someday it, it, it hitting. Um, jackpot. So, mm -hmm. so I have, um, I've always been, you know, kind of just, uh, into startups in that way and, and just, uh, valued equity. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the reality is it's just like, I think what, what that really means is like you're playing the long-term game because it takes mm -hmm. very long time for, uh, for you to see, um, any of the fruits of the labor, like decade plus. Yeah. So. And I get my last question is how can people support you? How can people support journey? What can they do today to, to find you and help you? Yeah, for sure. I could use all, all the help I can get. <laughs> um, I, I would say check out journey journey.io. Uh, try the product. Give me, give it, give us feedback. If, uh, if I can help any one of your audience uh, with anything, Mm -hmm. I'm on Twitter, B White's one and LinkedIn, uh, even though LinkedIn's cringy, it's very good for B2B. So I'm, I'm on there. Awesome. Get okay. Well, thanks so much, Brendan, for joining us. It was really great hearing about journey and your journey with it. So much journey in the, <laughs> in the podcast today. Um, but hope you have a great one. And thanks again for joining us. Yeah. Thanks so much, Rand.